Hi, and welcome to the 4th U Dimension podcast. My name is Amber Kelly. I am the Director of Religious Education at the 4th Universalist Society in the City of New York. Each month we make podcasts about our monthly education themes. Due to some scheduling issues, we actually missed our March podcast, uh, which the theme was about renewal. This month's theme is about awakening, so we decided to combine both of these for a special conversation about renewal and awakening. And I am so excited to have one of our affiliate ministers here for this special podcast, the Reverend Dr. Leonisa, uh, who was one of the family ministers helping cover uh, Reverend Schuyler's leave these last few months for a great time exploring lots of fascinating themes in our services. Leonisa, it's so great to get to sit down with you. Likewise, we've been wanting to do this for a while, so it worked out, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's true, the joys of scheduling, the joys of scheduling. So one of the questions that I really uh, resonated with as I thought about renewal was how do we renew our commitment to justice? I think that there's a sense in the present that, you know, things are getting better again because, uh, you know, we got we got Trump out of office and um, but maybe things aren't fully better. How do we how do we renew this commitment to justice? I feel like it's a daily question, right? Like it's such a great question. And it's like, how do we renew it? And how do we stay the course? And I'm, well, before I answer to some way, I'm always reminded of when um, my mentor, my peace education mentor that you've all probably heard about before, if you've listened any other time I've talked, right? Betty, Betty Reardon, you know, she often talks about like peace work is like long haul work, right? And, um, and it's very easy to just be like frustrated. And I know this because I work with young people and they're like, yeah, but it's taking too long. It moves too slowly. And I am on board with them, right? Like, cause I'm the same way. I get frustrated when change is at geologic pace, when it needs to be like yesterday, right? And so, so that renewal is really important because we know the work we're doing is trying to transform an entire system that is just corrupt and oppressive, oppressive and violent, right? And so it's not gonna happen overnight. And maybe we've laid some groundwork and maybe we've had some shifts. But so I guess that's my intro way of saying is I think about it all the time of like, how do we stay the course and how do we renew this commitment? And I and I know I'm saying this as a not just as a UU, because I see this in um, lots of uh, religious traditions, because I happen to dive into this topic over the past few weeks with some of my students, um, is I think we all need to find the thing, and I'm going to be very vague about the thing first, but I'm going to say the spiritual thing, the, 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 that which connects us to the greater picture, the greater good, the, the vision of the world we have, like that's, I think what keeps us coming back. Right. So one thing I do with students is we do a futures Uh, vision project. Right. So, I mean, I would encourage anyone listening, right? Like if you said, like, I imagine a world where and see where that takes you. Right. And so then in some ways that becomes a map of sorts, right. Or, or a touchstone or something to remind you that like, oh, that's right. I'm envisioning this world. What am I going to do today to help live this kind of world into being? And then I really encourage, um, and not that I'm always great at this, but I know it works when I am good at it, is a spiritual practice that connects us to something on that map that we're working for, right? So for some of us, like for me, it's a lot of it is just taking walks in the woods around my house, right? With my cats, oddly enough, but they're part of my spiritual grounding, right? And it's a reminder of the beauty and the wonder and the awe that fills my life to say, okay, 
you could keep fighting, right? Like I hate using the language of fighting, but it's like working towards, right? Like as fighting feels pretty violent language, right? You know, but, but the notion of, I also think it's really important to have texts or, um, and, and texts, right? I guess texts and practices that um, guide you, like reading things by other people that teach you something and remind you to stay the course, maybe. And um, which I guess is part of a spiritual practice as well, because you can then meditate on it. And I, I also think it's a comradeship too, right? I mean, like every time you have a conversation with somebody about something that's firing you up or frustrating you, um, I think that helps us. And and to a point, I know you're going to ask me, but I'm going to jump in now is like, you know, everyone seems to think the world feels, well, you sort of said this in the intro, like that the world is more normal, right? Like we're, but it's still not right. So it's very easy to say, all right, I'm going to take today off, which I get it. We should take today off. We should offer ourselves grace. We need to rest. That's another important part, but we can't combine that with complacency or apathy, right? So we have to always carry like some kind of fire that's calling us to, you know, live this world into being um, because we learned some wonderful things during COVID. We learned how to do less. We learned how to connect with people in new and different ways. We learned how to nurture our spirit. We learned our limitations. And you know what? those were good things to learn because hustle culture and like working our bottoms off, like that, we, you know, we are then making capitalism even stronger with that. Right. And, and we know that there's a lot of negative in there. So I don't know there, you know, so the, should I recap? Should I recap? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, so a lot of us had these awakenings, you know, I think back to the beginning of COVID when everyone's like, if there there is no going back to normal. We're never going to be the same. This is a transformative experience for humanity. And everybody had these very, very high and mighty feelings about what, what was going to come out of this. Um, I, I will say as of uh, April, it does not necessarily, April 2022, it does not necessarily feel that way anymore. It seems that yeah. there's a desire to go back to the way things were before. You know, right. How do we, you know, A, I think it's so vital that we grieve. I was I was reading a news article about that, but that, um, yeah, no, that's how really... do we also take these lessons that we've learned about the ways that society is dysfunctional? How do we, you know, how do we do better? How do we not forget these lessons that COVID has shown us and not yeah. just rush back to the way things used to be? Yeah. And I think, you know, Ember, I think there's a lot of people who don't want to rush back to things. I think that there's like efforts to do things like back to the offices, no more masks, you know, all these things. And, and I think there's a lot of people saying like, mm, no, thank you. Right. Like, I think there's plenty of us who are recognizing that slowing down, finding things you want to do with your life instead of things you feel forced to do. Um, um, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> right. Like the, I, I, the idea that by we, us saying, like, I just read this, you know, thing this morning about how, um, a judge in Florida said we shouldn't wear masks on airplanes, right? And so when they make it a thing, it's like they're manufacturing a form of consent for people to buy into this thing when it's really just capitalism saying this thing. It's not health and public safety saying these things. And I, my parents were getting on a plane this afternoon and I said to them, you will be wearing masks. You are 80, you are wearing masks. You know, And they were like, absolutely. Like we so I think there's a lot of folks who are resisting these things because they see them for what they are, right? Like the five day instead of 10 day uh, quarantine, we knew was a way to like, just say, 
we just want you back to work sooner, right? Like, uh, I think we have to put the health and safety of everyone, of the collective, above other things. And I think when we do that, we learn, we learn grace, we learn, you know, to have compassion, we learn to say, I don't really need to be part of the status quo. But there's a caveat to that, because we still need to pay our bills, right? And we need to feed our families and we need to do these things. And so I know it's sort of a luxury to say, I don't want to go back to normal. But I also read this really interesting, I forgot where, about all these, it was actually a lot of it was were women and mothers who had to stay home and, or do jobs from home and raise their children and school them during the pandemic. And I read this really neat article, how a bunch of them were like, we're starting our own businesses. I like to make soap. I'm making soap, right? Like I, you know, I can't remember what some of the other businesses was. So I, in some ways, I think there are people who are using the pandemic and those learnings to say, there is another way of being. And we want to try that before we go right back into this mess, (laughs) for lack of a better word, right? One of the other questions, as I looked over some of the the theme questions, uh, this one's kind of taken things in a completely different direction, um, is so uh, I've heard it said, it's not not the most popular saying, um, perhaps because it's true, that oftentimes the things that really irritate us about others are maybe something that we don't recognize that we do. Um, I, uh, speaking for myself, um, I often get annoyed that others are not communicating with me, but then I realized maybe I was not communicating with them as well. Um, this is self-introspection time. Um, you know, Good. do you, do you think that there's some truth to that? Has that been, been your life experience as far as awakening to some of the things that we need to grow and work on in our own lives? Oh, absolutely. And you're right. It's like something that people don't want to talk about, but I, I learned this adage once when you're pointing a finger at someone else, there's three fingers pointing back at you. And I always remember that one because it's corny though. It may be makes sense. And I, um, you know, even over just the past couple of weeks, I've had some interactions with folks, uh, that made me like, you know, like, you know, I'm like, this is irking me. And then, uh, you know, thanks to both my therapist and spiritual practice and, you know, and me just being a person who is like, I don't, I don't want to be an a-hole. I really want to be a person who keeps evolving. So how do I see what's bothering me and not just try to like fix it because you're not going to fix somebody else, but to see it as what can I learn from this situation and what inside me is, is it rubbing? And, and it got me into this conversation just recently with my therapist too, who's also my spiritual director about this programming we have. Like we all, you know, Buddhists would say we're the products of our conditioning. In other languages, it's we are, you know, we, we all have trauma. In other languages, we've just been programmed to function a certain way thanks to our families of origin and this and that. So when someone, something is bothering us, chances are it's pushing something inside us that we were either, um, you know, insulted for, told not to be, or something that we were told was wrong, but we never knew why, you know, or something that we, a behavior we do that we've maybe hidden or, or squelched, but it's not that bad actually, but we've been programmed to think it's bad and someone else brings it up for, right. So I think it's great to like move through the world, seeing other people as people and situations as mirrors that we can look into so that we could grow and become 
you know, better selves, better people, better partners, you know, better ministers, teachers, you name it, right? Like it's a missed opportunity if we just get all pissed off and then put that person in a, in a box. And, you know, sometimes they belong maybe in some box because they're wounding and harmful or, or they're, you know, saying things that are, that's different. I don't think that's what you're getting at. I think it's more like an interpersonal real, realization and what it can teach us even about ourselves is, I think it's really important. I mean, that not that part of the point of being a part of a spiritual community, right? Like we want to, Right. What's our third principle? Let's remember. Right. Acceptance of one another, but incur and encouragement to spiritual growth. And I think in congregations, you know, we're not going to get along with everybody and people might do things that upset us or in any situation, frankly. I always think about it in congregations, but it doesn't have to be. And so do we just, you know, take our toys and go home or do we um, examine it? and see if we can learn something from it, learn something about ourselves or open a gateway or open a bridge for a conversation with this person too. I mean, this all just feels really appropriate given while it may not feel like it today as we deal with some so cold snap, um, yeah. that we're, we're headed into spring. <laughs> yeah. That it's a time of renewal. This is a time for us to re-examine our assumptions both in society in response to COVID and in our lives, you know, these, this yeah. is an opportunity for us. An it is. And I, I like the spring. I mean, I think the spring metaphor is a great one as things start to blossom and bloom, you know, what are the things that are in the depths of us that have been hidden in some winter and it doesn't mean it could be the winter of our entire childhood, right? Like we don't know what it, right. And we have one flower and, you know, we have no idea how it came to us, but it's it's we, it's called a resurrection lily because what it, it comes back every year. And what it does first is it sends up all these leaves so it can, I guess, get its, you know, do its photosynthesis. Uh, and then that group of leaves dies away and then a lily comes and the, the weird with this stem that's almost two feet tall with this beautiful lily at the end of it. And I always think of the... Uh, resurrection lily as like the ultimate what what is growing what then needs to die away so that i can really grow into what <clears throat> is coming or what's or what's always been there or what's deep inside i don't know wherever you want to go with that there's so much opportunity for growth reverend lenisa i i appreciate this chance to ever so briefly you know i we, we've talked about it in past podcast and and discussions, you know, our, our, our fabled two hour, um, <laughs> just, just ranting with each other discussion. Sadly, that is, that is not today. You know, we, we wish it mm -hmm. could be. Um, we can do it over the summer when we could sit outside and be more relaxed and you could come up and sit in the yard and, you know, we can, yeah. Something. I like that vision. So, you know, leave, leave a comment, leave a like, if uh, that is a vision that you support is having yeah. our, our two hour outdoor discussion. We do want people to listen to us if we're going to, but or not, we'll just have fun anyway. We, we like to talk about big ideas. I love to talk about big ideas. It's, yeah. So find us either on any, on, on most Sundays um, to talk to us about big ideas. Yeah, please do. <laughs> and thank you to all of our listeners. <laughs>